0: Before each new semester begins, I take a step back to see the big picture view of my upcoming courses for the semester. For courses I've taught before, I assess what worked, what should be changed. And I find this analysis always fills me with inspiration and the motivation I need to help propel my work forward. In reviewing my interdisciplinary innovation course, which I love, a gap presented itself in the week-by-week schedule, and I needed to find a new topic to fill that gap. I typically keep a centralized document that I am continually adding ideas to throughout the year when I feel inspired to do so, so that I can look back and benefit from my former moments of inspiration. And here's the cool thing that happened this time. The course lends itself well to talking about this big concept of inspiration, So I was inspired by inspiration facilitated by a previous inspired moment. Got all that? (laughs) So the Interdisciplinary Innovation Course is all about communicating, working in teams of diverse individuals, and ultimately elevating one another's ideas to innovate in new realms. Communication, both talking and listening, is a conduit, a gateway for inspiration. Working in an interdisciplinary team requires coming up with new ideas all the time and supporting the creative process of one another, part of which is all about encouraging inspiration. Finally, innovation happens when curiosity meets inspiration meets hard work. Inspiration is an important step in the process of innovating. So one thing led to another that led to another that led to another. And before I knew it, I had mapped out a three-hour class devoted to this mysterious and often elusive topic of inspiration. First was a guest speaker from Pinterest on the topic of the intersection of digital media and inspiration. The second part of the class was devoted to a conversation about where inspiration comes from and individuals' experiences with it. The third and final part of the class was a hands-on inspiration workshop where we tested out ways to make magic happen. Now, while we only scratched the surface of this big topic in class, so many incredible insights were gained that I felt inspired to create this three-part mini-series that mirrors the in-class experience. So, in this first episode, I sit down for a conversation with Riley Stevens, creative strategist at Pinterest, who we had the pleasure of hosting in class a few weeks ago. Riley has an unrivaled finger on the pulse of all things culture. She leverages her understanding of industry trends, technology, and branding to help advertisers devise game-changing marketing strategies. Riley has worked at agencies such as Sid Lee and Vice Media, and she's been an integral part of national campaign launches for brands and retailers, including Coca-Cola, General Mills, Ford, Google, and Lululemon. She's also contributed to CBC Radio, giving her perspective on the latest in retail and commerce. Her thinking has also been featured in publications like Bloomberg Business and the Retail Is Your Business podcast. So class is about to start. Find your seats, grab something to write with, and let's get into today's conversation with guest Riley Stevens. Hi, Riley. Hi, Diana. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And so for this discussion, I think maybe the best place to start is if you can tell us a little bit more about what you do at Pinterest.
1: Yeah, for sure. So my role at Pinterest is creative strategist, uh, a role that, quite frankly, I didn't know existed prior to joining Pinterest. Uh, And basically what that means is that I work within the sales organization to help advertisers who really want to level up their content on the platform and be able to target people in a more meaningful way, um, you know, in a more creative way to really break through the noise of, of what's online.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that that existed either. So <laughs> that's that's fantastic that that you're able to kind of bridge that gap for advertisers and and work at Pinterest which I can imagine is a really inspiring place to be.
1: It is inspiring and and you know, I think that inspiration is is built into the DNA of Pinterest. And in another conversation that you and I had
0: with one another we talked a bit about um, the fact that online spaces just don't feel as inspiring perhaps as they once did. So
1: can you just speak more
0: to that? And like, why is that? Do you think?
1: It's a really, really great question. I really believe that sometimes we confuse the terms uh, inspiration uh, and newness. And what I mean by that is when something is new, it has that uh, that shiny object effect. It feels really fresh, it's really exciting. You want to get into it, you want to use it. And then after a little while, it might lose its uh, luster a little bit. And you know, I feel that with so many products that are integrated into our lives now, when they were new and and uh, we were exploring them for the first times and in the days where we used to actually have to go online, um, it was really exciting and it was inspiring to see how we could be connected across the world. And now I feel that platforms really have um, put inspiration uh, or its newness, I guess you could say, on the back burner. And a lot of companies, quite frankly, just don't have inspiration built in uh, into them or they're they're not building their platforms with inspiration in mind. So we might feel inspired when a new app goes live and we're exploring something for the first time. but um, in order to really sustain that inspiration, online or in online spaces or on platforms, we really need to be building it into its DNA.
0: Mm, yeah. And I like that distinction you make between inspiration and newness, because as we enter into the 20-something year of the internet being available to many of us uh, in our homes, it's it feels to me anyway, like a little bit more of a, a burden these days. Like I, I do all of my work, my live my my life online, and it's less of a space perhaps that feels, or the space feels less inspiring than than like you said, it used to.
1: It's so true. And, and I actually read a stat not so long ago that said that Canadians spend one third of their waking hours online. I'm surprised it's not more, to be honest, because in my day-to-day life, it sure does feel like a lot more. So my point of view is really that we need inspirational spaces more than ever. Um, We need to find refuge in places that are online that can really take us um, offline. And that's something that I'm really proud to say that Pinterest does as well. You know, we build our platform not with the intention to um, keep people um, you know, keep people on it for as long as possible, but actually to take people off of it, to inspire them so much that they want to go try something new, buy something new, make something new. So it's really exciting. And and I feel very proud for that reason to to be a part of the organization.
0: Mm-hmm. When I have my phone in hand and that subconscious brain just starts <laughs> clicking away at at different apps, I find that, yes, absolutely for me, if I'm in a mood to... Try something new to be open to to inspiration, whatever that may be. That's exactly where my finger automatically goes, or my thumb clicks Pinterest versus different places like Mail, where okay, I need to get something done, or <laughs> Instagram. I need a distraction. Like Pinterest for me is exactly as you describe it—just a place where I can go and 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 explore this digital space of like, ooh, what what could I do? What what are the possibilities?
1: Totally. And I think it's really interesting. When I started at the company, I heard the term inspiration so often, so frequently. And it got me really curious about like, what does that even really mean? (laughs) So I set out to actually look at the definition. And what I found from Oxford Languages was the process of being mentally stimulated to do uh, or feel something, especially to do something creative. And what I found really interesting was that it came from a Latin word, um, inspir, inspiratus, <laughs> probably doing a horrible job. My Latin's not the best, admittedly. Um, and this really means the drawing of air into the lungs, which I thought was so interesting because it really just created this beautiful parallel as I see inspiration, which is literally like breathing new life into something. Mm. Um, so, you know, I I took some time, I looked at the definition. I also dug in a little bit as to how it works which was even more interesting. There was a study done um, back in 2003. So the timing is interesting because it's kind of around that mark where we're talking about there being sort of these fundamental shifts in terms of the prominence of the internet in our lives, um, our attachment to these things. And it was done by two psychologists, this study uh, named Thrash and Elliot. And it outlined that number one, they believed that inspiration was this psychological construct. And number two, that it occurred within these three key ways. There was evocation, which was sort of this spontaneous, without intention strike of inspiration that seemingly happens to you rather than something that you choose to do. The second was transcendence, which was the experience of something that was beyond usual everyday occurrences. So this awe-inspiring experience that makes you feel connected to something that's um, perhaps more powerful or larger than you. Um, So I kind of have felt that when I'm maybe like out at the cottage and I see shooting stars or something that just feels really beautiful and makes me feel small in the world. And then the third was the most interesting to me because again, I am biased, but It was all about inspiration um, and it being likely to cause you to take some purposeful action and motivate you to create or do something new, opening you up to the possibilities of achieving something that you previously thought of as unlikely or impossible and transform uh, your perception of your own capabilities. So I thought that was just so powerful. And as someone who works sort of bridging the gap between consumers um, and pinners, as we call them on the platform, and advertisers, I thought, isn't that the most powerful thing we can be doing is to be encouraging people in a meaningful way to transform their own perceptions of what they're capable of doing. And then if your products seemingly like fall into that, like to me, that's a really, really powerful proposition for an advertiser, or for a brand. So um, I just thought that was so interesting and, and really nested in so well with the mission of what Pinterest is trying to do. Very cool. That's a yeah, that's a great breakdown of of that study. And
0: maybe that's that leads right into my next question, which is like, how is Pinterest approaching this the space of inspiration differently than than others online? And ultimately, what can others learn from the way Pinterest does this?
1: And and are there any kind of areas for improvement still? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I talked a little bit about the fundamental difference of Pinterest not trying to find ways to keep people online, but actually encouraging them to get offline, which is just so important given how much time we do spend on our phones and and behind screens. Um, We're also taking a more human approach to um, and recognizing like creating this real value to people in online spaces. Inclusivity and inspiration are are completely uh, tied to one another in our minds. We believe that in order to create an inspiring platform, it has to have inclusivity in mind. So as a result, we've done things like build a skin tone search. So when you're looking at inspiration and skincare, beauty, you can actually uh, sort and organize the results by skin tone, mm. which is just making the results so much more applicable to to people with all different um, you know, types of skin tone. The other thing is hair pattern search. So as a result of the skin tone search just being so incredibly um, celebrated and and utilized, we took it one step further and we actually did a hair pattern search as well. So You know, this was obviously designed for our Black, Brown, and Latinx pinners in mind um, to ensure that we were having accurate representation. And in turn, this is also really um, putting creators at the forefront as well. So it's a really, really beautiful way of how Pinterest is is really putting uh, inclusivity at the forefront. Um, In terms of um, what's to come and, and where we can be better I can say that we're actively working on so many exciting things that will make it even easier for people to take their inspiration from, we always say like from idea to I did Uh, and our product roadmap is coming and it's, uh, you know, not something that we can talk about right now. I've only seen some sneak peeks here and there, but I'm really excited. Mm, Yeah. Inspiration and
0: inclusivity. I mean, who's going to be inspired if they don't see themselves or can relate to what they're seeing in front of them? I think that's a really important key point that you've brought up. Totally. Mm-hmm. So then maybe this that that kind of flows into what I want to pick your brain about next, which is to say like, why are inspirational digital spaces so important right now? And and what's ultimately your take in finding inspiration online, which is, of course, what you do at Pinterest versus
1: offline? So realistically, I, I mean, I, I think we've mentioned it a couple of times, but it's worth mentioning again because it's it's just the reality of our situation right now. Online spaces are so important because, number one, there just aren't that many of them. And number two, we, we need them more than ever, because the world can feel a little dark and scary sometimes. Um, we are so aware of everything that is happening at all times. And so we need places where we can go to get positive uh, and informative and inspiring and entertaining and educational content. So I really do see and I believe wholeheartedly more than ever that we need these spaces um, because of the the conditions of the world right now um, and because we are spending so much time online. So that's the first piece. My take on finding inspiration online versus offline is that there's a really interesting, um, you know, I I find it really interesting what we're seeing taking place right now on the one hand. um, I often find when I'm on Pinterest, let's say that I sometimes find things I didn't even know I needed or inspiration in a way that's like almost like this natural discovery and by the part, you know, of course, we have algorithms that cater the experience to what you want to see. Um, but there is something to be said for um, this, you know, infusing our online experiences with a little bit more of this like natural discovery. You know, I I really think that for me personally, what I find inspiring is when I'm in another country that I've never been to and I'm walking down a street, and maybe I turn the corner. And I see something I've never seen before, or I try a food I've never tried before, or I smell something I've never smelled before. That gives me a really, um, you know, that we talked about that feeling of, you know, awe inspiring feeling at the beginning, defining inspiration. And and that really, to me, um, is what inspiration is all about. So when we look to um, online versus offline, I believe that it would be incredibly powerful if online spaces could find more of these congruencies with how we sort of gain this inspiration offline and start infusing that into the online world. How can we randomize the experience of online? How can we seek inspiration in ways we didn't even know we needed? How can we be surprised or delighted online? And so I really see inspiration as being something that, yes, it's going to fundamentally act differently online versus offline, but I think there's so much that we can learn from both of those experiences and kind of take uh, bits and pieces and, and inform our strategies when we're building online and also maybe inform like how we cater uh, experiences offline as well. So I think there's something to be learned from from both sides. Yeah, and the sensory aspect to me is
0: super interesting. Like, I know we don't yet have smell vision or whatever, <laughs> whatever the <laughs> Simpsons probably proposed in an episode 15 years ago, but uh, maybe that's part of it, too. I mean, who knows what types of kind of tactile experiences, uh, all sorts of sensory experiences that might be possible in the future and and how that might relate to what we see on Pinterest or what we see in other spaces. So interesting.
1: I totally agree. And I think we are going to look back probably not so far uh, from now and think, wow, we were in chapter one, (laughs) page five of of the story of what online spaces will look like. And personally, I'm really excited about what the future holds. I think, you know, as much as it can be really easy to look at what's happening in the world right now and maybe feel discouraged or maybe feel like things aren't, you know, all, all rosy, you know, that's true, But also, there's so much that's going to, so much greatness is going to come from this time. And I'm really, really excited to see how inspiration can be at the core of what we're building online. I'm excited to see how we can continue to use technology to create more inspiration and really design spaces with humans in mind, not just consumers. Um, I think that's a really important piece to, um, you know, to mention as well is that at the end of the day, the people that we're targeting our messages to are people just like you and I, Diana. So you know, we're people, We've, we're multifaceted, we're not just a persona. Um, and so how can we start to to really build in messaging from from an advertising perspective? Because, of course, this is where I spend my my days um, and 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 really build with humans in mind as well. Mm. mm-hmm.
0: Yep, bringing it back to the humanity, the connectedness, the the sensory experience, and and how all of that comes together online. So uh, ultimately, what do you believe then is at the intersection of digital media and inspiration? That's a big, <laughs> loaded question. Seriously, <laughs> no pressure.
1: <laughs> um, you know, if I were to sort of take all of my, my, my mind's going to a million places, admittedly, but to, to really simplify it, I would have to say exceptionally good content and the opportunity to redefine what it means to have a digital experience. So when I say, when I say exceptionally good content, I just mean you know more more human. We've talked about that. More uh relevant, more inspiring, more inclusive, um you know and and just really really good content. Uh, And the second thing is, of course, redefining what it means to have a digital experience. Like, I love the idea of thinking up these big, crazy ideas. Let's do something that's never been done. Let's try something that sounds totally crazy. To me, I really believe that that's what's at the intersection of digital media and inspiration.
0: Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Riley, for taking the time to to chat today. I think this was a huge eye-opener for me in terms of what, what is possible. And I know we chatted probably four or five weeks ago in class, but even today, kind of some of these ideas coming to light again, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I forgot about that piece. Or, oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel inspired. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was great to chat.